Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. You are better to not pray than to pray in fear. Okay. Do you get that? It's better to not pray than to pray in fear. What you pray, what's behind your prayer is the spirit that's going to perform um, or be activated. So when you pray in faith, then what God says is released. Can, can it, let's just get down to some real easy understanding revelations who is bigger god or the devil okay is there even a comparison so we as believers in jesus christ we should always pray in faith we don't only because we look at our circumstance that the devil has set up and we pray based on our circumstance don't pray based on your circumstance Pray based on the ability of God. Get rid of every single situation where it didn't work. Okay. Because the truth is, when you really walk with God and understand God, you actually understand why it didn't work. And it's never because God didn't want it to work. Okay. Get every healing, every creative miracle, every financial breakthrough, Every single thing, he has made a covenant with you on that cross. His blood was shed, and when a covenant's made, it basically guarantees that it has to happen. Covenants go two ways. So if a covenant promise isn't fulfilled, do you think it was God who didn't fulfill the covenant, or do you think it was you? amen plain and simple plain and simple but we're not under the old covenant where we had to follow rules and regulations and laws and certain things to do we're in a new covenant but this bugs people because a new covenant is God in you fulfilling your part okay so you got God Jesus who paid with his own blood to come up with the covenant for us a covenant is an agreement that cannot be broken except by death. The only way the covenant can ever be broken is because of death. That's why Jesus actually had to die to break the old covenant. So guess what? When we die, we either get the promise of living eternally with God, totally filled with the Spirit, right? And we don't need that covenant anymore. Or we go to hell because we wouldn't fulfill our part of the covenant. And guess what? Then you really do die, and then the covenant's open, uh, over. Does everybody understand that? Okay. Yeah, I want you. I didn't listen to the whole book. I didn't listen to any of it. Karen has been listening to this book, but I know this is right, so I kind of 
know what the covenant thing means. After this little bit. Here's the deal, though. You can't fulfill the covenant in your flesh. That's the old covenant. That's works. You're not under that covenant. And that bugs people who want to try to make things happen. Okay, you got to get to this place of revelation. Holy Spirit in me, making it happen, is certainly more, is greater than me trying to make it happen. We got to recognize the new covenant is a better covenant. It's not about how responsible I am. It's not about how hard I work. It's not about how much I read the Bible. It's not about anything like that. Y'all are looking at me, but you don't, a lot of you aren't getting it. And quit wishing it was about that. That didn't work. For thousands of years, that didn't work. You're like, how do I do it? You give yourself to God. This is serious business. We're looking at people going to heaven or to hell. Just because the media and our culture likes it says everybody's going to heaven, that's not in the covenant. You only go to heaven if Holy Spirit lives inside of you and you die with Holy Spirit inside of you. And he will put up with sin for a long time, but there are scriptures where he won't put up with it anymore. Because you are not trying to live your part of the covenant. What I mean by covenant, yield to Holy Spirit. Yield, I want everybody to get this. There's no sense praying for anything until you yield to Holy Spirit. I don't know how to, do, okay, yield. Okay, let me see, let's see. How do we yield? Um, somebody give me a demonstration of yielding. Um, somebody, somebody, come on, somebody come up with it. No, you're really scaring everybody now. <laughs> right, yeah. Trusting, right? But to yield is to do it God's way. Okay, yeah, well, I'm trying to do everything the Bible says. First of all, you're not trying to do everything the Bible says. Because it's impossible. You can't even begin to understand God's spiritual laws except by his spirit. You cannot know what scripture to pray unless he shows you what scripture to pray. And it's like, so why are you so afraid that he won't talk to you? Unless you aren't. How many are a little bit afraid he won't talk to you? Nobody? <laughs> Y'all should have some victorious lives if you think God's talking to you all the time, okay? Right? This time, just be you have to get to, okay, how, okay, maybe this. Maybe you believe God will talk to you, but you're afraid you won't hear him. You need the wax out of the ear thing. <laughs> Actually, that's in Bible. It's called a spirit of stupor, and you're dull from hearing because you would not listen. And he actually turns you over to a spirit of stupor, which we may talk about on Tuesday. How many things? Okay. What is a spirit of stupor? God tries to talk to you. God tries to talk to you. He tries to break through, and you don't really want to hear him because he might tell you to give up that he might tell you that, uh, that it's a, you bought a lie about who he is and he wants you to repent for that. Do you understand? It, you need to repent for not seeing God for who he is. Uh, and, and when I was, I forgot, I've been going through, doing so much lately, I'm just going to tell you. But I forgot how the Lord was showing me this. 
Let me do this right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come against every spirit of witchcraft in Jesus' name. I bind it, Lord. I release blessing over every person. Every person here, every person watching, every person who's somewhere else that doesn't even know us, led by the enemy who is trying to curse what God would have me to say. And I break that off now in the name of Jesus. How did I know to do that? Because I felt that there was a blockage. My thoughts kept going away, and that's called witchcraft. It doesn't mean there's somebody in a, in a satanic cult somewhere. It could be cursing me. It could be somebody praying, don't let her say that. Oh, she better not do, you know, that's cursing, okay? I'm going to say what God wants me to say when he wants me to say it. Amen? And so how do you break a curse? You bless you bless, and you can bless, Lord, bless them with deliverance, bless them with salvation, bless them with freedom, bless them. Sometimes they'll have you send them something. That's how you break a curse. Why does he want us to bless? Because he doesn't want us to get in the same spirit of cursing that's coming after us, okay? You cannot fight the enemy using the enemy. You cannot fight the enemy using the enemy. So that's why you just get out of that bunch of mess. You get out of the whole whatever it is going on if you're with somebody and they're trying to get you to get into battle but it's not fighting in the spirit don't do it we do not wrestle against flesh and blood if you do you have an issue how many knows the devil wants to try to get you to have an issue he wants to bring you into an issue he's okay with putting new junk in you how many's like no i think i'm just going to get rid of the old stuff he put in me and not try to get new stuff right? You've got to get that determination and you got to recognize. And then you just got to humble yourself. How about that? Before the Lord. And so, um, I believe I'm trying to think exactly. There's so much going on with this, some of these trials, but the Lord was showing me that I had, I think I preached this today, but you have to get free from thinking you, I know what it was. He told me I was in a trial walking somebody through a trial but if you really care about people when you walk them through a trial it's your trial too it's your trial to hear God it's your trial to obey it's your trial to be changed it's your trial for God to change your heart issues he doesn't God doesn't need anybody just so you know it so if he has you helping somebody or walking with somebody you need to be there and it gets prideful to think you don't need to. And it gets prideful, which you need to repent of all the time, to, to want to walk away from where he's calling you to walk. So I already repented this morning for some of that. Because, you know, it's like, Lord, what are we doing? And he's trying to mature us and to establish us and to make us holy because he is holy. And the enemy gets to try to see if he can get something in you or trigger something that's already in you. How do you know the difference? If he triggers something that's already in you, you actually feel it if you get a little serious and quit blaming anybody else, okay? If anyone can make you respond instead of be led, then there's something in you of the flesh or of a spirit trying to be in charge of what's going to happen. And I'm just, it's time for everybody to grow up. It's just really time to grow up. And to say, okay, Lord, what's going on? Now, if you know nothing's trying to get you to respond, then you're like, okay, Lord, show me what to do. That's called ask for wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. Okay. So can I just put this out there to break some lies? I've been walking with the Lord for over 30-some years. And he still changes my heart every day. 
He's still showing me things. I'm still hungry for the word. He's sanctifying. He's making me holy. So if you think you've arrived and you don't need God to change you or to deal with you, you can stay at that place. That's your choice. But for, as for me, I'm going to go as deep in sanctification. I don't believe for one minute that I have all that God has for me. I don't believe for one minute that I'm walking in all the power that he wants to release through my life. I don't believe it for a minute. I don't believe any of us will get to that while we're on, on this planet. I believe that's why he said he is making us perfect. Perfect means to be mature without anything of the enemy left in us. And we need to give up all of our excuses and ask God, plain and simple, why is this happening? And sometimes it just happens because he's using you and testing you to see, or you're the one he's chosen to handle it. How many knows there's grace for wherever he puts you? There's grace for wherever he puts you. But when the enemy tries to get to the flesh, the enemy's going to do everything he can to get to your flesh. Now, if he has a spirit in you, okay, if he, and, and can I just let everybody know, he has pretty many spirits in everybody. The whole idea of Holy Spirit coming in is to get them out. Why? Because he's preparing a bride for Christ. He's preparing a bride for Christ. So he's going to come in and he's going to get it out. And as long as we continue to blame anybody or anything or any circumstance, we're basically saying, God, your grace is not sufficient. Your grace is not big enough to handle this. Your grace, and basically, God, your supernatural power that you give to anyone who asks, who anyone believes, your own power, your own promises, you're not able to fulfill those, God. And how many would know that's not true? So it's, it's so simple to do this if we humble ourselves, which people don't like to do that. Why don't, okay, get free today of the pride that makes you not want to humble yourself. What's pride? Independence from God. Independence from God in his ways. I can do this myself. I can handle this myself. I can control this myself. Let me change everybody. Let me change everything. You can't change. your. The only thing you can change is a diaper, and that's if you're helping somebody. You can change your clothes. You can change outward things. You cannot change your heart. You cannot change your heart. You cannot change your heart. You cannot change somebody else's heart. No one can change your heart. What's your heart? Your heart is where your emotions and your soul and your personality and everything that you are. That Your heart is what will go to eternity with your spirit man. It's connected to your spirit man when you're born again. That's the connection. Holy Spirit comes in when you ask Christ to be the Lord of your life and you mean it. And you mean it. And you say, Lord, be Lord. Holy Spirit comes into your, your physical body. How cool is that? And he knows where, where all the spiritual things are inside of your body that was created by God because you're a spiritual being. And his Holy Spirit comes and connects. And it's called the heart. Connects. That part of you, that is your soul, your personality, everything about you, that's going to go to heaven. When you get to heaven, you're not going to be a zombie. When you get to heaven, you're not going to be different. You're just going to be really holy. Thank God, right? Won't that be good? But your rewards in heaven are based on how much you let God do that work here. Why? Because the more I let him do that work here, the more he can use my life for his glory, and I'm not using it to prove something about me. Right? right? This is really all easy. Can we just, let's just, let's just get away all the spokes and make this easy. In the new covenant, Holy Spirit comes into you, whether you know it or not. 
There are people in denominational church that are born again. They just don't use that terminology. And they probably don't have hidden knowledge that Holy Spirit lives in them. But he doesn't worry about that. If they really asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life, and they really accepted him as Lord, and there, there's something that's changed in them because of that, guess what? He came in. Amen. Okay, so I'm not debating it on Facebook if you're saved or not. I don't know who's saved or not saved. Amen. By the fruit you can tell. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. Not by the faking those things, but by having the real. How do you find out if you have the real? Well, you'll see when all the trials come. You'll see if you have your joy when you're in a hard situation. You'll see if you keep your peace when you're being attacked. You'll see if you have the fruit of self-control. That means you control yourself. That doesn't mean you try to control everybody else so yourself can do whatever it wants. It means you control yourself. You know, here, here's what self-control looks like. You want to say this. Your flesh wants to say this. Because we have to die daily. Your flesh wants to respond to an attack. Your flesh, your flesh wants to respond to somebody at work saying something mean. Your flesh wants to respond to your workload. Your flesh wants to respond to a child hurting your feelings. Your flesh wants to respond. Okay? Paul says he dies daily to his flesh. So how many know dying daily to your flesh is a choice? Giving into your flesh is a choice. If there is a spirit that God is going to reveal, or if there's a spirit that's just so strong in your life, it's trying to ruin all your relationships, your money, your whatever, your flesh can't control spirits. You can't control the Holy Spirit, and you can't control demonic spirits. Does everybody get that? Is this helping anybody? So how do you know if there is a demonic spirit? How do you get rid of demonic spirits? First, you know the truth to set you free. In other words, you quit agreeing with the devil and your lies and your trauma and your childhood and your bad parenting and anything else. You quit agreeing with your idolatry. You quit agreeing with stuff. That's not God, right? And then the truth, his word, sets you free to agree with him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if I got to lie that I can't do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I got to disconnect from that lie, come over into the reality that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then any, if there is a demonic spirit of control to try to make it that I could, that, you know, if there's a demonic spirit of anger, outbursts of anger because I can't control everybody and everything. If there is a spirit of rebellion or whatever it is, do you understand what I'm saying? Once you get the truth to set you free, that's your, that's your choice. You go into God's word, you stop for a minute and say, okay, what's going on in me? Okay, what's going on in me? You will never change trying to find out what's going on in somebody else. It really doesn't matter unless God's called you to help them. Unless he's called you to help them, what's going on in somebody else doesn't matter. Why? Because if it's a demon, I'm going to bind it in Jesus' name. It'll have no authority. If I have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I'll have peace in the midst of the storm. That's how you can tell. Do you understand this whole relationship thing and circumstances? God did not put us in the perfect world. He put us in a world where Satan was hanging out. He put us in a world where we lost our salvation 
through the very first husband and wife who came on the stage. Nobody outside of Adam and Eve were born perfect. And they gave that up really quick. And we won't get into all that. The real temptation had nothing to do with an apple. The real temptation was Adam choosing to be with Eve over to be with God. Codependency. Looking to relationships that take the place of God was the actual first real uh, disconnect from us having a relationship with God. Because it was Adam who was told not to eat of that tree. And Adam ate of the tree because he knew he was going to lose Eve. Or he thought, he thought, she ate of the tree. I'm going to lose her. So I'm going to eat of the tree. Because wherever she goes, that's where my, people say, well, do they go to hell? They go to heaven if they're not there. Well, you say that now, but you won't say that when you land in hell. And that was kind of Adam's thing. Anyway, that gets deep, but anyhow. So the major the major, the major thing the enemy wants is to get you looking to people, whether it be covering doctrine, which is looking to a pastor, looking to a prophet, looking to an apostle, looking to whoever. It's a wife looking to her husband, a husband looking to his wife, a child looking, a grown child looking to their parents. It's called codependency in our terminology. In the word of God, it's called entanglements. It's called idolatry. God is perfectly more than capable of making our marriages work. Knowing exactly our callings, our personalities, our hang-ups, everything he's going to deal with, there is no such thing as not enough grace to make every relationship work. The problem is everybody gets in the flesh and they're trying to get their needs met. The only one who should be getting a need met in relationships is babies and children. And if you are led by God, you will help them to wean from needing you and help them connect to needing Christ. That's worth an amen. Everything else, it's all about you. It's all about you. We ought to have a little song. Okay. So in this whole scenario, this is also simple if we just hear. Get rid of independent spirits. Get rid of pride. Get rid of everything that says, I'm going to do this my way. Aren't you tired of doing it your way yet? Sounds like a good commercial or song. I'll do it my way. You know, wonder where they ended up. But anyhow, Jesus died, so we'll do it his way. And his way is not reading the Bible and trying to apply it. That was old covenant. His way is letting his spirit lead you. Now, if Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they won't follow another, the first thing you've got to decide is, I'm going to be his sheep. I really accepted him as Lord, I made him Savior, and I'm going to hear his voice and obey his voice. So what, what is the word, what is the value of the written word of God? Okay, the written word of God, because remember, the, the apostles didn't have the written word, the new covenant, and they did pretty good, didn't they? They did pretty good without it, but that was because they understood and walked in the old covenant, most of them, most of them were Jewish. I think maybe Luke was a Gentile. I'm not positive if any of them were. I know, I know he was a, um, I know he was a doctor, but I'm not sure. I think there might have been one, 
But as soon as they started going, guess what? They started dealing with Gentiles who were in uh, pagan worship and all kinds of mess. And so they had to start writing letters to them on how we live now as believers. So everything that is in our new covenant was written by um, the spirit-led, powerful men of God who, who personally knew Jesus except for Paul. Paul had an encounter with Jesus after Jesus had rose from the dead. And he wrote a lot of the new, new letters. How cool is that? Okay. So those letters were written to you. They're really, they're written to all believers, but especially to those who were not brought up in the old covenant. Okay. They're really written to those who were not brought up in the old covenant. Now the word of God we need because we renew our minds in it. And so what you say is true is it's to, to keep us in the ways of God. But it is written so that his spirit has to lead us. His spirit reveals it to us. His spirit shows us. So when you're doing spiritual warfare, and he uses the new and the old testament, but in the new covenant, he will give you the word to fight with. He will show you. So, so what's needed? What's the main thing needed in the new covenant? Holy Spirit. There actually is no new covenant relationship with God if you do not have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Okay, so when it says to yield, it's to recognize a greater one lives in you. What's the Bible say? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, right? That's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit in you is greater than that temptation to sin. Holy Spirit in you is greater than that lie that you bought about um, your identity. Holy Spirit in you is greater than the things you've heard taught incorrectly even in church. Holy Spirit in you is greater than anything. It's the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. This is on the Bible. Okay, you have all the power you ever need to have a completely, completely awesome life in Christ. No matter who you are, it's not about covering, it's not about fivefold ministers. They have a special grace to help you. Help you what? Connect to the headship of Jesus Christ. They're all called to connect you to Christ, to help you walk and to help you begin to hear God on your own. And I'm, I'm, it's just amazing to see so this really happening in, in some situation God has me in. So the first thing we always do, you guys know this, the first thing you always do when you want to get right into how God wants this to happen is to repent for not being there. Because you can have people who have been Christians for 30 years and hardly know God. That's not, God, that's not because they can't. It's not because God wants them to stay babies. It's not because they, they don't have a full-time ministry call. It's nothing to do with that. It's because they chose to try to live the new covenant using the old covenant brain power. Or they chose to pick and choose what they want to believe and how they want to do it. That's called disobedience. That's called rebellion. That's called God. Jesus isn't really Lord, people. Hopefully he's, he'll stay your Savior because he's so faithful even when we're not. 
But the lordship means, okay, I'm free. I am free from deciding where I'm going to go. I have the freedom to be led of the spirit. Even into situations where my flesh is like, what am I doing here? I people say to me all the time, well, why do you go? Why do you do that? I, I'm not kidding when I say I don't pick where I go and what I do. Oh, she's bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm sold out. Try it. Just try it. I didn't sell it immediately. I was living that make this work for me thing too until I hit a situation that was way too difficult for me. And I was at least, when I hit a situation when my daughter died, that I could not find a way out. I could not figure it out. I, I, I never had anything hit me like that in my entire life. I mean, I was a happy little faith teaching, thinking nothing bad could happen to me. Every promise is going to work. Life is going to be a, so great now that I'm saved. And look at what the Bible says, especially through other people's interpretation of Scripture. And then something happens to me that I had no fear about happening. I wasn't thinking this would ever happen. Nothing and there was nothing I could do about it. I could not do a thing about it. I could not do anything about it. I could, I could say scriptures from my head all I wanted to. I could freak out if I wanted. Thank God he gave me grace not to. And I had to obey him. I had to obey him. And I had to know that he's faithful even when I'm not. Can we all get that? You are the one who's not faithful, not him. Okay, I'm the one, if I miss it today, I'm the one not faithful, not him. If you miss it today, you're the one not faithful, not him. He's faithful even when we're not. Don't get that confused with he thinks what you're doing is okay. If what you're doing doesn't line up with his word, it's not okay. I don't care if it was, if you think it was okay in Lonnie Frisbee's life, how many think that turned out good for him? I think it's amazing he got right at the end of his life. What could have happened had he lived 20 more years if he had dealt with his sin issues, if he had dealt with the hurt places in his heart, if he had, and he had started, but he kept running back to his hurt past. And for those who don't know, don't worry about it. It's somebody who was used powerfully by God. Amazing. And so I just want to put this out there. When I recommend that book to some of you, I do not recommend that. I recommended that book because God told me to. And I, rec and I love that bo those books. I recommend it to stir you up that God has a greater plan for you. But I did not want to stir you up that he has a greater plan for you. Um, but you can still live like you lived before you knew him. I'll tell you something that I believe God's given this ministry because of what I've walked in where he's taken me. You can get healed. You can get free from addiction. You can get free from everything, hurt place in you, but you have to decide to. So don't ever use ministry to run out and feel better about yourself. Your callings are without repentance, which means you can lead people to the Lord to your dying day. Praise God. But how many would like to kind of go out glorifying God? Amen. And I'm not condemning. I, I love, I love, I really believe those books um, the not by might, not by power books were to bring us all to right where we are today. Now, you can do this thing without living in sin. You can do this thing and be healed from your past hurts. His past hurt of having a father who never claimed him as his own, having a father who rejected him, then having a really strict father after that, 
those hurt, and then being molested after that by a, another man, and then having church leaders kind of use him and then discard him when they didn't know what to do with him, really, really continued to drag him back into situations that caused him a ton of pain, and mainly because he didn't glorify God with all of his life. He was just so sold out. And God is now going to raise up a group of people to pick up where that Jesus movement left off. Think of a holy people who are really sold out, who love the power of God, who love God of the power, who, not, who are not trying to get into um, money, to do this for money. Think of a people who, think of a generation who don't care about stuff anymore because they've already seen all this stuff and it isn't that impressive who've laid down their idols. Think about what God is about to do. Let me tell you where we need to do this soon. Don't make the shaking get so bad that you're, you don't even know how, what you're going to do tomorrow. Lord, show us, show us, show us what to do. So in this new covenant, Holy Spirit leads you. If he's not leading you, you're not in the new covenant. There is, he's so clear with it, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. What's condemnation? You feeling condemned, you feeling judged, you feeling like you're doing things wrong, you feeling like it's all on you. That's condemnation. That's condemnation. And, and, um, and, and one of the trials I was going through, I was like, Lord, I forgot. Oh, it had to do, I know what it had to do with, okay, I just remembered. It had to do with giving somebody their money back from an Airbnb that got canceled. Well, my policy said I don't give money back, and I, and I don't have to. Airbnb honors my policy, so this person has a situation. And I'm always really kind. I usually try to make credit. I try not to make uh, exceptions to the policy because it gets, even tax-wise and all, it gets to be a pain. So this person was fine about it. They knew the whole story. Everything was going good. I was praying for this other stuff, all this other stuff going on. Why am I telling you this? Because God is dealing with you every day, and if you don't open your heart for that, you're going to get stuck somewhere and the enemy's going to be able to attack you. And can I just say, when you're being attacked, would you quit blaming everybody else? Quit blaming anything else and recognize, I don't have the grace for this. What's wrong with me, God? What's wrong with me? Don't try to solve your own problem because you're just going to run right into the same situation until you look to God and let him deliver you. That's the, you can just keep running and running and running and running. And the devil can keep trying to hit and hit. But God's going to deal with us, people. We are in the great shaking. I would say, it's better to stand still and let him shake you than to, th to run from things. You get shook a little over here and shook a little over there and shook a little upside down here. Hurt relationships here. Hurt situations here. Make a bigger mess here. Just stand still and know he's God. I'm just trying to teach you how to do this. Because it's amazing if you'll humble yourself and do this. And so, so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in scriptures really powerful scriptures um, for the fight for, for the baby. And God's given me all this stuff. And in the middle of all that, I get this crazy thought about, um, okay, let me show you guys this. So in the middle of all this, my water heater broke at the beach house and God took care of it all in a day. Everything went fine. But my thought, the enemy's thought was, that hit me, was, well, you know what? If you don't give her back that money, that's why your water heater broke, because it's about the same price. Well, in the natural, you say, well, good, I got that money to pay it, right? <laughs> but it hit me for a minute, and it began to torment. Okay, why do you, what is torment? Torment is when you start having discussions in your head back and forth. 
Has anybody ever had a tormenting thought? It doesn't have to be this horrific, beat yourself up. It can get really bad. It can get so bad people kill themselves. How bad is that? But torment is when you've already learned from God and you've closed the door on something and then the devil tries to knock and get back in and you open a closed door up. In other words, God's already showed you that. You've already dealt with that. And now all of a sudden, so this, this crazy little thought, and the, but then I'm like, Lord, why? So I'm sitting there. I'm at, I'm at a really nice beach and everything, and I'm thinking, why am I thinking like this? At first, it started that night before. So I said, well, what is going on? Because this wouldn't stop. That's my policy. And the Lord just, the, there's a scripture where the man comes to the Lord, and he says, hey, between my brother and I, we have an issue about our inheritance. Jesus, tell him to give me my share of the money. Do you know what Jesus tells him? That's none of my business. He says, that's none of my business. So I'm asking the Lord, Lord, do I give this person this money that's against my policy? They wouldn't accept just getting a different day credit. I said, you know what I do? And he said, it's none of my business. I'm like, it's none of your business. He said, no, you can do what you want. And guess what? I could. I could do what I want. He's not going. But I'm thinking, so why is this thing hitting me? And Lord said, well, that's torment because you have a lie in you. I'm like, well, what is the lie? It's the fear of doing it wrong and then the enemy having power to attack you. So I'm walking up to go to this place where you could get some drink. It's a kind of really neat beach, so it's a pretty long walk. And I said, well, I guess I kind of think that a little bit. I kind of think a little bit that... If I'm not supposed, to, if I keep this money and it's not my money, then the enemy could attack me this way. And I'm not sure, you know, he starts to teach me all about policies. He says, my whole word is a policy. My whole word is my word. It's my standard. It's how I do things. I didn't tell everybody to throw it away. I fulfilled it. I didn't cancel it. And then I show mercy toward it. And he just starts teaching me all these things. It's kind of cool. He goes, you can have policy. He says, don't show favor. He just started showing me all this. So that was kind of cool. So I'm going to go there to figure out how to have policy around here. Karen and them are going, yes, 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 yes. But I'm not doing it overnight. I'm going to really seek him about it. Otherwise, I'll be changing it every other day um, and throwing it out within a month. But anyhow, so I said, well, so I'm walking. I said, well, Lord, there are consequences to disobeying you, and there are consequences. He goes, you never fear consequences. There's only one thing you're allowed to fear, the Lord. See, everybody, so many people are still tied to works. I mean, whether you like it or not, that's how we operate under before Christ. He said, you only fear the Lord. So I'm walking on and saying, well, God, you know I fear you. He says, don't get fearing consequences mixed up with fearing me. How do you know if you fear the Lord? You're in awe of him. You'll do anything he says. If he says go, you'll go. If he convicts you of sin, you repent instantly. You absolutely love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, everything in you. And even that small thing that could start getting, there are consequences to sin but you do not operate your life because you fear those consequences. Isn't that good? But believe me, fearing the Lord is more powerful 
kind of fear. It's the only fear that brings wisdom. So the Lord was showing me, because you were fearing consequences, because it kind of got mixed in there, which is kind of a legalism, right? He said, then you lost your freedom to set your policy. So later I was praying. Then the lady, I just said, Lord, if you want me to give this person, I, I checked into their story. It was true. And I said, well, Lord, show me. It wasn't a little bit of money. It was like $1,600. And I was like, Lord, show me. And God is hilarious. So this time I said, Lord, I know I, I, know I can do whatever I want. This is, not break, this is not breaking a spiritual law. This is not going against your will. I'm not asking you this because I, I just want to know, Lord, if I was sitting down with you as my counselor and I said, what, what do you think I should do for this particular situation? You guys, he's hilarious. He sends me to the Passion Translation. If it was any other translation, I wouldn't have seen this. And the, the one thing says something about, something like, I don't even know where it was at, but it's like, a businessman should not take money that he hasn't earned or something like that. And that didn't basically get a service. It's like, in the, I'm like, out of the whole Bible, how could I turn to this? And I start laughing. I say, you know what, Lord? I'm just going to shock everybody because Airbnb gave me three choices of what to do. And I'm just going to shock everybody. I'm just going to give her all the money back and not have a discussion about her or anything else. I'm just going to do it. And that's right when I just got a bill for about the same amount for a water heater. I didn't care. Lord, you're the one who's going to take care of my bills. You're the one who's going to do everything. I'm not going to look to money again. But I can have policy. I know this is why. I want you to see how detailed this is on purpose because so many people walk so shallow in the things of God. They just don't let him really into every part of their life and every decision. And then you have peace that passes understanding and you become such a good friend of God. And in, in the fear of the Lord, you get the wisdom and then he leads you and he guides you. So I want to get rid of the thinking you're just going to hear God in your head because you can hear a lot of things in your head and it not be God, but it'll tell you it's God. I want you to really hear God. I want you to really know God. I want you to really walk with God. I want you to get free from the fear of consequences. I want you to get free from the fear of death. I want you to get free from the fear of slavery again. I want you to get free from the fear of being a disappointment. I want you to get free from the fear of rejection. I want you to get free from the... Everything that operates in your life is based on fear that isn't faith. Is this helping? Because these things get so closely, they get so, they look the same on the outside, but they don't produce the same kind of fruit. They don't produce the same kind of fruit. And I just want to break the lies off of everybody here, everybody here, everybody watching. You will be changing from glory to glory for the rest of your life. And if you put up a wall not to change, if you decide, I don't need to change, I never have to change, if you decide you can do this yourself, then you are outside of God's will. And that is not a place where you're going to have love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. It's just not. And there's no fear of the Lord in trying to do this in your own strength. And it's really prideful. Some people don't think, sometimes when you have low self-esteem in areas, you don't realize how prideful you are. But it's actually prideful to think that you're supposed to do what God died to do. That's prideful. Pride isn't just about somebody who seems real strong, opinionated, or know what they're doing all the time. We, we got that so messed up. Pride is you 
disagreeing with God about his word and his ways. Pride is about you deciding to put on your brakes and stay right where you are. I've seen people who get to a certain place and yay, now God has set them free from this and set them free from that. And now their life is kind of getting kind of good and their finances are flowing and things are good. And now they decide, you know what? I don't need God anymore. Thank you, God. I've seen people who've done that. I can tell you people have done that. Came in a mess, a mess. And God got them free enough that they can have an okay life full of idolatry. Woohoo! How many knows are going to be shaken? He did not die to set us free to enjoy the world in the way heathens enjoy the world. He set us free to know him. And let me tell you this. Once you begin to know him and taste and see how good he is, you'll love it. There's so much freedom. It's not religious. It's wonderful having God as a friend. It's wonderful having God as a father. It's wonderful having God as your everything. It really gets rid of fear because you turn to him. And now that I only have the fear of the Lord, it's going to be even easier to get wisdom. And so I say all this to say, when we get back and we really, enter, if you feel led of the Holy Spirit with the reverent fear of the Lord, that's what started this whole thing. Don't pray and worry. If you're going to be worried and full of anxiety, please don't pray for me ever. Do not pray for baby John. If you're full of worry and anxiety and you can't pray without thinking, oh, this is so, nothing's impossible for God. And, and if you don't have faith, don't pray. I went to a church and she told me not to pray. Well, if you're going to pray to the devil, don't pray. If you're going to pray in fear, don't pray. Well, let me, let me word this. Pray for God to give you faith. Pray for God to take away the fear. Pray, in other words, pray for you to get right before you pray. Okay, so, so pray means talking to God. Yes, go work it out with God. Why do I have so much fear here? Well, maybe because you know too many situations or somebody who was such a good Christian. How many, I mean, like the, they were such a good Christian. It must have been God's time for them to die. Well, unless it's in the word of God and they finished everything he's called them to, it wasn't God's time. To, it wasn't their time to die, okay? I mean, he gives you 80 years in scripture, I think 70 or something, but, you know, 80 definitely. And some say 120. I'm okay not having that whole 120. If he's gonna, that'll be a joke he'll put on me. Like, no, you're staying. <laughs> if he doesn't come back, I don't want to bury all of you guys, you know, and be, okay, there's nobody left to come to him at the funeral here, Lord. Um, but if he wants to do that, he can do what he wants. You know, I definitely am not afraid to die. Um, when, when, my, when that happens, whether the, I break the power of the devil, take me out soon, but whatever, I'm going to heaven, I know that. I want to party, okay? There's everybody dressed up, party, music, light, and just nothing even close to sad, just like a party, because that's what we're going to be having in heaven. And, and I'm not giving the devil one bit of permission to take me out one second before I've done everything God's called me to do for his glory. What does the Bible say? You've got to lay down this life. To really live. So I want to encourage you. Hang on. Get the word of God for today. You know, now that they're back at UVA and they're going through major surgery on the baby. That scripture that God put in Caleb's heart that morning. That we thought all this was kind of, you know, 
to, that the baby would live and not die and glorify him. Well, that entire, I think it's Psalms 118, that entire, entire chapter of Psalm, the whole Psalms 118 is about getting free from the love of him. Everything he's walked through in this is right there in Psalms 118. And then Talia, God kept giving her trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. And so she, that's um, Proverbs 6. All of Proverbs 6 almost is about this. So now they're standing because they have walked those things out for that to be real. This baby, I don't believe the battle wasn't won for them to have this surgery at the very beginning when some of the doctors wanted it. And I believe the doctors are choosing to do it ahead of schedule because the battle's been won. They have dealt with suspicion. They have dealt with um, counterfeit spirituality. They have dealt with fear, um, dealt with um, the spirit of murder that's released because of abortion um, that wasn't their personal situation but was something that was generationally passed down especially into Leah's family line. It, it was like one thing. It was amazing. I wasn't even telling them these things. They're like, God just showed me this. God just showed me this. And the greatest thing, and I want to speak this to fathers, and Father's Day, let's have a big celebration. The scripture that the Lord, what the Lord told Caleb was, you're called to this one scripture to live it, to call that baby to live and not die. And the whole revelation of living and what life is, is amazing. This is what is missing in our culture. We have a culture full of death. We do not have a culture full of life. Even the things people watch, even the things come out of people's mouth, everything in this culture is so full of death. And that got really strong, really strong 50 years ago when our government bowed to Baal and said, a baby has no purpose and you can just do away with them because you can make another one and all of a sudden life lost its meaning and in and especially in um, cultures or people who went along with that lie and said yes to that lie violence came in and murder came in and death came in and then it opened up really big after during that whole thing when the whole situation in um the lies the lies that happened in 2020 it said if you want to protect somebody you do in other words you let them put garbage in you to protect others or you're bad and all of a sudden the whole thing got twisted you know what i'm talking about <sighs> okay the whole thing got twisted and now and now you're bad if you don't risk your own health and now how's that working out? And, but it's a lie. It's a lie. And so all of a sudden this twisting and all has really gotten into our entire, in a, in a place bigger. This is what we're going to pray on Friday. In, in such a gigantic place, these lies. Anyway, I can't go. God just took me through the whole thing in a powerful way of injustice. He just showed me when people cannot trust. And I'll be honest, black America has not been able to trust since the civil since slavery there they they there's a real spirit of fear against the slavery there's a real fear and then there was a real abuse 
there was a real abuse in our culture and it started to turn around but then power and the love of money got in there and the very heroes who were trying to turn it around begin to sell out ho and they've sold out and all of a sudden they does everybody get it when they said yes to abortion planned parenthood planned parenthood seriously was set up to kill black babies for real Shh. that's what it was set up for and now the enemy's twisted things with fear so much that it's the black communities that mainly 90-some percent are supporting the party that's behind the death of black people. I'm wondering why there's so much violence. Let's get them focused on this. Let's get them focused on that. Most of the, it's mainly black on black deaths. Let's make them lawless. Let's get them afraid of police. So when you begin to see this demonic thing, guess what? We're going to break it, you guys. We're going to break it. Friday night, we're breaking it. We're breaking it. There's one deliverer. There's one healer. There's one protector. There's one major God. And the spirit of lawlessness is a sign of the end times. But pointing fingers at each other and trying to, to, this isn't the answer. The answer is spiritual, right? The answer is, okay, God, set us free from this and how the enemy used all that. But anyhow, we learned all this in this little trial. Oh, it was a big trial. And, and it's just amazing what God has done. It's just absolutely amazing. The same people who chose to murder all babies and get very wealthy for it and politicians, guess what they're in now? They're totally in this taking people, taking our children's body parts, and even when they're young, and changing their hormones and everything, like at an early, early age. It's, that's where you buy the hormones. That's where you get your prescriptions. That's where people get the, the surgeons who will give them, uh, who will take their body parts off. We better start believing for creative miracles because you know what? It's time we quit. If it's not our problem, we don't think it's a problem because pretty soon that's going to be your problem. It's going to be your problem and your children and your grandchildren. But it should be our problem now because we are the light in darkness. We are the light in darkness. We are not the ones to walk away from darkness. We're the ones to run to darkness. Ho! We're the ones to run into darkness, but we have to have light in us to run into darkness, and we can't run into darkness with darkness unless the darkness sucks us up and we wonder what happened when it spits us out. That's why God says, be holy because I'm holy. I'm not trying to be holy to be divinely protected. I want to be holy because my God is holy. My divine nature is holy. Who I am is a holy daughter of a powerful, almighty, heavenly father. Anyway, Caleb will share all this probably Father's Day. But he had been so spiritual, hyper-spiritual his whole life, hearing scripture, hearing this, hearing that. And all of a sudden, he was lost without that. Because it wasn't coming from his relationship with God. It was coming from what he saw his whole life. And God was delivering him from that. And God said, just trust me. I want to show you I'm your father. And so God had Caleb begin to speak to John because John had lost the desire to live. Baby John. And he and Talia went over then and they just started speaking to him and speaking to him. And now he's a fighter. He's a fighter. So as they were transporting John out of the hospital, baby John, Talia put the baby, the phone to the baby's ear and Caleb was telling me this. He told the baby, he said, 
John, this is your dad. Man, you're strong. You're a warrior. You're going to fight. We're believing for you. You're going to live and not die. You're coming home to us. You're coming home to me and all these girls at our house and whatever he said. And he just kept speaking life. This is what's going to be. Buddy, I need you. I just got, he just got a car. He went out in faith. Uh, probably didn't take a whole lot, but he bought a Mustang or something. To, and he said, son, we're going to build this together. Can I tell you something? Start doing that to your children. Start speaking life to your children. Not just spirituality. This is what life is going to be in our family. Make it holy, okay, people? But Lord, show me. Your whole culture has lost the desire for life. They sit on those cell phones and all they do is this, nothing real. They don't look at the creation. They don't go and have fun. They don't do anything anymore. They're just consumed with, with the garbage that they're being fed that goes in with fake relationships of people who are super fake on, on you know, people whose marriages are falling apart. They show all the pictures of their happy marriages. Then you see the divorce thing about a month later. How could you have been that happy last month? Because people can hide there and be fake there. That's why he says, don't forsake the fellowshipping together. Especially in a church like this. You can't hide here and you can't be fake here for long. But that's because God loves you too much and he wants to rescue you. So the doctors, now the little baby was really, really, you know, I guess, really drugged up to be able to go to the other hospital and all that. So they weren't expecting him to respond to Caleb talking to him. And all of a sudden, his little legs started going, his little arms started going, and he was doing everything to respond. And the doctors were like, oh, wow, this baby really responds to his dad. He really responds to his dad. Can I tell you this? If you would let God speak to you, you would really come to life. You would really respond to your heavenly father. You would really respond. And there is something different between a father and a mother. There's not a single scripture where Jesus says, He'll be the mother to the motherless. He doesn't say that. He said, I'll be the father to the fatherless. He doesn't say the single mom is the father to their child. So break that off. That's another part of the gender confusion. Do you see how messed up this stuff is? You got all these people. Well, they, I'm the father. You're not the father. If you're born again and the father's not there, then Jesus is the father to the one without a father. Does everybody get that? we got to get back in the word. We've made up so much stupid stuff that we released this entirely crazy culture around us. So I'm doing a pre-Father's Day talk this morning. Fathers, you are important. You don't have to have the same calling as your wife. You don't have to have the same gifting as your wife. You be who you are. But you're the one that should have vision. Everybody, without vision, people perish. Without vision for your families, your families perish. And God's not just talking about everybody being hyper-spiritual. This is really good parenting. This is good for grandparents. This is good. There needs to be vision for life. What does life look like in your family? Now clean up all the mess part and it'll be amazing. Because I'm going to tell you what, the families that really love each other are families that know that they're loved and they matter and their time matters and what's going on in their life matters. And the devil came to steal that by making everyone too busy. It's time to get the grace of God 
and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He is amazing. I think I had four hours sleep or something and uh, the day before, just four hours, that was max, and drove home, halfway, drove halfway far, got home, was home like an hour and 20 minutes, got back in the car, drove another, John drove an hour and a half to go to my son's engagement party, and we were there and had a great time. I wasn't even tired. I'll tell you what, though, boy, when I got home, by 9.30, I was out. I don't even remember anything until 4 when I woke up, and then I was still kind of asleep, so I went back, and it was like almost 8. I'm like, ooh, I got to get up. And I feel great because he will take care of those things. Why? Because it mattered to my son that I came to that engagement party. I'd never been to one before. I wouldn't know what to wear. Just a different kind of thing. It was wonderful, though. It was really awesome. And I really talked to people and shared. I had a great time. So let's get rid of anything that says his grace isn't sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Just get in his will. But fathers, speak life. See life over your children, over your grandchildren. God never intended for, um, he, he wanted there to be mothers and fathers. And if that's not in your situation, you need to go to God, go deep about that, see what happened, break the power of every place. where they, Don't blame anybody. Quit blaming everybody. Go and ask God, how do I how do I fix all of this? Led by you, God. How do I bring you into this? How do I see my children raised godly and healthy? And God, if you don't have a husband in the home um, or father, Lord, you are the father to the fatherless. If there is a father, then go out of your way not to bash them and go out of your way to help as long as they could be safe there. Your children need their fathers. And Maybe Father's Day, maybe Edie will share because she met her father for the first time in 56 years that she can remember. And it was amazing. So it was a busy couple of days, you guys. When people think they didn't need a father, the truth is they had to take in something of the enemy to handle that. And so you need to hear, God, how do I heal these hurt places in my child? Don't pretend they're not there. And now how do I get healed? How do I get healed? Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.